All right. This episode of Tune on Toast is brought to you by Hammer Toyota here in Southern California. They're the absolute best. And a shout out to Tuna on Toast listener Tim G, who just got himself a brand new car. He reached out to me on my Instagram, Ted Stryker. He's like, Stryker, I want to go to Hammer Toyota. Then I gave him Johnny's number. Johnny's the general sales manager. And they worked it all out. Thank you for supporting the company that supports me. When you do need a car, truck, SUV, or you want to sell yours, all that kind of stuff, please keep Hamer Toyota in mind. They're out there in Mission Hills, and you can check them out, H-A-M-E-R, HamerToyota.com. Your name is Stryker? Yes, it is. That's fire. <laughs> wow. I love sandwiches. It's called tuna on toast. I, I, I spit. I don't know what I'm doing. I love music, and I love those that create it. Yeah, welcome to another episode of Tuna on Toast. It is Striker. No matter where you are around the world right now, thank you for checking out the show. Maybe it's your first time. Maybe you're here every single Tuesday or whatever day you like to listen to this podcast. Paris Jackson is our guest today. Uh, she'll be on in just a minute. First, a friendly reminder, you can watch all the episodes on my YouTube channel, Tuna on Toast with Striker on YouTube. Very easy to find, super pumped and appreciative. We just hit 10,000 subscribers there. I mean, we started from scratch, 10,000 subscribers, way over 2 million views, and it's just picking up steam by the week, and it's, it's doing things that I hoped it would do, and it's all because of you guys and the wonderful guests that come over to the house, which is always so surreal to me. Like, yeah, Tom DeLong got on his motorcycle and drove here. M Shadows drove in from pretty far Huntington Beach, came all the way over. And then Phineas and Mike Shinoda and Bishop Briggs, Davey Havoc, Brett Kurtz. I mean, it's it's such a wonderful wide array of guests of different ages, different backgrounds, and different genres. And today... We welcome Paris Jackson. I got the I got the knock on the door. I opened up the door. It was just her by herself. She rolled in. We gave each other a hug. Hello. Then she met my dog. We hung out with my dog, petted the dog a little bit. She told me about her cat who just got a bad haircut. By the way, you can see all of this on YouTube. And now you may be asking, why did you have Paris Jackson on the podcast, Striker? She has been putting out some really good music like the last two years or so. She had an album in 2020 called Wilted, which was produced by Andy Holt from Manchester Orchestra, and it was really good. But for me, it's a song that she recently dropped called Lighthouse. Somebody sent me the song Lighthouse, and I was blown away. It is this, it's got a grunge feel, and it's a wonderful song produced by Butch Walker, Shout out to Butch Walker. Also, Mike McCready from Pearl Jam uh, plays on this song. Paris Jackson plays guitar. She writes songs. She is into music that is under the rock umbrella. In fact, we talk so much about her love of music, the bands that she was listening to in her house growing up, uh, especially like we get into a lot of radio head talk and she's very, very talented. She's very driven. She does a lot of work under the creative umbrella from fashion and modeling to music. I kept it pretty much on the music because what am I going to ask about modeling? 
Hey, how's modeling? So, yeah, we also chat a little bit about her family and her brothers. I saw um, her brother Prince on TV with Paris the other night. He was just amazing. So it's just, you know, it's a wide array of conversation. And uh, I left just feeling very inspired, like her very much. So let's get to it. Without any further ado, please welcome to the Tuna on Toast studio, Paris Jackson. All right, and we'll start in three. Okay, it was just like a couple days ago, you were at the Tonys, which is a big deal, and you're on stage, and there's a zillion people watching, and now you just drove yourself to my house. Are you like, why the hell am I here? No, no, yeah, I'm excited to be here. Lighthouse is the reason why I got so excited. This song is so good. When in the world did you make this song? I wrote it about a year ago maybe a little like a year and a half ago okay something like that and then uh i recorded it i say maybe back in december with butch walker and then uh in the last few months he was just like i got mike mccready to play on it from pearl jam right, of and course like, it was just it, it everything just fell together and worked out in the last like few months Butch Walker, who, by the way, when he was in a band called Marvelous Three a zillion years ago, I played them on the, I was working on the radio then. And he is such a good producer and a good dude. An amazing human being. Like, truly an amazing human being. How did you guys connect? We met through a mutual friend. Um, I didn't realize that he was, like, a big deal as a producer, like, when we became friends and, and, like, met. Um... So I wasn't really in the music industry. I discovered his his personal music. Okay. So like the Stay Gold record and like uh, stuff like that. I like started just like really, really getting into his music. And then I went to go see one of his shows and I was like, why isn't this venue bigger? He's kind of like his fandom, I guess, kind of calls him like the best kept secret. Right. Um, right. So I'm breaking that secret by talking about it, <laughs> but whatever. Uh, and then, yeah, like a, a mutual friend introduced us. And then we just, I was probably like 18. And uh, we talked about doing music together for years, and then it just finally worked out uh, in the last year. When you admire somebody musically, that's one thing. But when you get in the same room with them to create something professionally, there are times when it can go sideways because it's like, oh, wait, hold on. Maybe they're being too authoritative. Maybe they're not listening to me. Maybe they're not, you know. So what was it when you guys made this particular song? Like, what, how did you guys gel in the room together? I've only had good experiences with the people that I've I've worked with, thankfully. Um, same with, with the guys from Manchester Orchestra. Like, they're, they, they went from, like, my second favorite band behind Radiohead. And then I met them and got to know them as human beings. And I'm like, just that kindness and that love that they have just as human beings. I was like, okay, you're number one now. Like it, it kind of like, it bumps them up on the totem pole, like the nicer they are and like when they're good people. And it was very easy to work with Butch. I like, I brought these songs that were mostly written to him and he'd rework a few things like mm. the structure or he'd like for Lighthouse, he wrote the chorus. And then um, I just kind of like sent him references of like, kind of want this one to sound like AM 180 by Granddaddy or I want this one to sound like uh doesn't remind me by audio slave, whatever it is. And then he'll be like, okay, I got the references. Like, wow. And then he'll just build the track. Um, whereas like with some other people that I've worked with, like Andy and them, like uh, from Manchester, yeah. I'm in the studio watching them produce and watching them and like kind of learning. And Butch kind of has his own like uh, space that he goes into. So he's like, okay, come back tomorrow. The song will be like built. Whoa. Okay. So how many songs have you guys done together then? And how Butch is it just, yeah, is it just one that's out there? Right. You and Butch. It's one that is out right okay. now. But there's, there's a few. Really? Yeah. And is the sound of the music to come similar to the song that we know of right now, Lighthouse? 
all of the songs are very like 90s but different kinds of 90s if that makes sense like lighthouse has some like marvelous three and weezer elements to sure it, but then there's another one that's got like uh kind of the cranberries vibe to it and then there's one that's like just fully nirvana you know yeah um so they're they're all different genres i guess but there's still a congruency that brings them together and also like it's just the 90s sound i guess uh wilted came out in 20 20 yeah. and those are some great songs as you said you work with the dude from manchester orchestra mm -hmm. and listening to 30 seconds of one song on that album i can feel like oh my god this is so authentic this feels really 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 good so these new songs same motion but just maybe a little heavier yes okay mm -hmm. all right how often do you write down songs or say them into your phone like how does that work for you um it's different all the time sometimes it's uh Sometimes I'll get four songs done in a week that are like worth keeping. And uh, as of late, like sometimes I'll go like a month or two, maybe three without writing a song. And lately I haven't like written one in the last like month or two. But um, yeah, kind of just like I call them lightning strikes because I can't. <laughs> Or like earthquakes, I don't, yeah. I can't predict it. Right, I don't know. it's not like you're going to leave here and be like, okay, at three o'clock, I'm going to write down verse, chorus, verse, and have something magical. No, yeah, that's unfortunately not how my brain works. Paris. There's so many genres of music, and it seems like you gravitate towards like a Soundgarden, Nirvana, grunt, like stuff under the rock umbrella. You could be going in any direction. What is it about that style of music that gets you so excited? I think I just like trying a bunch of new things. Um, that genre specifically is something that I've been into since like freshman year of high school, okay. like grade kind of deal. and. So I've kind of always wanted to try that music. I just didn't know how to before because back when I was making Wilted, my voice hadn't grown enough to the point where I could start yelling and project. And so the way it works with levels, um, if your voice can only go so loud, you, you know, you can't just like overpower it with a bunch of electric guitar. You have to be able to balance that out. And so now like the louder I can be, the louder my music can be. Um, so that in the last like year has, has started happening, which is exciting. Um, but at, at their core, all of my songs are folk. Like if you just take all of the production out and you just have the isolated acoustic guitar and yeah. vocals, it's just a folk song. When did you first start learning how to play an instrument? Um, I started guitar when I was like 13. When you were 13? Yeah, but I, I don't consider myself a guitar player. That's the thing. <laughs> That's, no, um, no, don't because, say that. No, because I'm not like, you know, it sounds like play a F major sharp seven or whatever. <laughs> like, I don't know what that means. Like, right. I learned like the 10 basic chords on YouTube. I took maybe three, four lessons. Like, I just got really good at playing those 10 chords. And so I don't really play bar chords that often. I just learned from my last tour, like some bar chords. Um, I, I really just know enough to be able to write. Okay, but hold on a minute. I don't think people know, or maybe you guys do, if a performer is on stage, if Paris is on stage and you're singing and playing a guitar at the same time, that is not easy. No, it's not easy, but that doesn't mean I'm a guitar player. Okay. I think there's a difference between being able to play guitar and being a guitar player. Okay, And gotcha. I'm surrounded by a lot of guitar players, so I'm just like, I'll watch them, and they're just like, you know, just a few tiers below Eddie Van Halen, and I'm like, oh, I can't do that, you know? Lighthouse, back to that song. Mike McCready from Pearl Jam plays on it. But it was Butch Walker that reached out to him, and that's how that came to fruition? Yeah, I think they're friends. Okay. And then when you hear, oh, my God, this dude's going to be on the song, uh, does that frighten you, excite you? Like, what are your emotions when you find out that was happening? Uh, both, just because I never try and, like, get my hopes up too too far, you know, because uh, 
I mean, like, it's more of like a, I'd be really excited and happy if he did, but I also understand if he can't kind of thing. Right. So I kind of just like, I don't know, practice surrender in that way where I'm just like, whatever happens, happens. Um, wait, speaking of surrender, at the festival in Boston, oh. wait, you were on stage with Cheap Trick. What a segue that was right there. You're good at this. <laughs> You're really good at what you do. Thank you. Uh, that was so much fun. That day was probably one of the best days of my life. Are you serious? Um, I'd never played in front of a crowd that big. And, um, you know, my, my guys and I, we were the first band, or one of the first bands to go on. And by the end of our set, there was like a thousand people. And for me, that's a lot. Yeah. Um, yeah. I wasn't sure I would like it as much as I did because I'm so used to like the small, intimate acoustic shows, a hotel cafe or like in Paris. And um, it, there's a beautiful intimacy that occurs there. But having a stage that large and having people, like all and just synchronized head moving yeah. and head banging. I was just like, this is, it's a different kind of excitement. It's a whole completely different other thing. And I, I loved it. Um, and then of course, yeah, I jumped on stage with the struts. Oh, with the struts? Oh. that song. No, you botched didn't. It. You did? It. Oh, yeah, God. it was so bad. No, the, the choruses were fine, but like I just, when it came time to do the verses, <laughs> I like looked at Luke. Who I've been Luke Spiller, yes. Yeah, I've been friends with him for years. And I told him before we went on stage, because we didn't rehearse or anything. I was like, dude, I'm going to botch your show. And he's like, it's not going to happen, babe. Don't worry about it. <laughs> and I'm like on stage. There's thousands of people, maybe more. And I'm like, I'm making eye contact with Luke as I'm messing up the lyrics. Oh, God. Oh. So, you know, for the rest of the night, there's that visceral cringe when you think back to it. Mm -hmm. But then Ch Cheap Trick was awesome. He, uh, homie gave me, Rick gave me a couple guitar picks. I took my top off. It was a blast. <laughs> Don't you think for live music, so many musicians these days, the newer ones want to be too perfect? And sometimes a hint of imperfection is what's charming and what makes a live show great? I believe that about other people but I'm crazy. So <laughs> I'm like, I need to be perfect. Mm. And, uh, all of my other like fellow musician friends tell me the same thing. Mm. Like people like that. Um, when, when you show like how authentic you are and I'm just like, I get in my head about it. Um, I actually have to take Pepto-Bismol before every show. Oh. I get an upset stomach out of anxiety, but never when I'm like presenting at an award show or like what interviews, things like that. It's like, it's fine. But right before I go on stage, I'm like, I need to take a Pepto. Might be TMI, but <laughs> no, it's not. I get nervous and it and excited and a little bit of anxiety, and my bubble is ten million times smaller than yours. But I get it every single time I do something. Yeah, and it's like, I do you think it's like we're judging ourselves or we're worried about what others think? Um, I can't speak for the people I don't know. I just know that for me, like I try and practice like affirmations and be like, okay, I'm human. I'm growing. I'm learning. I'm gonna make mistakes. But my experience so far on this planet has been like my stumbles, my little trips have been made into giant falls. Like everything's oh. magnet magnified, right? right? So like where a lot of like beginning indie artists go on their tour and they, they're playing in front of empty venues and they're making mistakes and they're figuring out the levels and they don't have a sound guy or the front of house dude is messing it all up. Like that's normal for artists when they're first starting and they're first touring. Um, but for me, like that is on display. Right. So there isn't there isn't as much room to make mistakes without it being um, <sighs> turned into something more. So, you know, the strength happens. that you have for all artists to go on stage and perform something that you created, you created something from nothing. I mean, I just give you and all the artists so much credit. And then to be under the 
microscope that you are under. Is there a different art that you would want to put yourself in? Or was it always music from when you were like five? You're like, music, I want to be music. I want to be on stage. I want to do this. Um, I think I suppressed the music thing for a while. and was just like, it's just a hobby. It's just a hobby, you know, out of like fear. But just the other day I was thinking about it. I'm like, there's a home video of me fully like saying as a kid that I want to sing and dance. And so I'm like, wow, like even back then I wanted to do this, but I love all forms of art. I paint, you know, when I can, um, I usually don't show a lot of people, Mm. um, every now and then I'll put something on the internet, but I, I kind of just paint for myself, um, for the meditative state it puts me in. Uh, I love fashion. I believe that is a form of art. Absolutely. And, uh, yeah, pretty much anything artistic, you know, I've been known to act in some things here and there and, and that's fun. Paris, has anyone been in your ear with advice that may not be the best advice? Something like, listen, why don't you just go down a stereotypical pop route and we can do this. And has anyone tried to put that in your ear? All of them. They do. Like oh my them. God. All of them, except for my, uh, like my, my bandmates and like my, my rock and roll buddies, like all of like the, my, my punk rock friends. And yeah. like, they're like, no, it's punk rock. Do what you want to do. You know what I mean? But like a lot of my songs have pop elements in them. It just, I personally don't feel authentic to who I am jumping on stage in like an all glitter outfit. That's not, that doesn't work for myself. Right, right. So I'd rather just, normally I wear just like oversized clothes and like scream, um, cause that feels good. But I'll probably, I did a pop song with uh, Luke, you know, the, it's like pop rock. Right, you know, but to a, me like uh, Smells Like Teen Spirit is one of the best pop songs ever. There are a lot of pop elements in it. Right. Most it, of Nirvana songs have a lot of pop elements Absolutely. In it. Just because something is a little heavier doesn't mean it doesn't have a pop element, right? Like if you can hum along to it, you can sing along to it. Hey, that's a pop song I mean, to me. chorus for Lighthouse is super poppy. Yeah. You know? Oh, I, I love how you kind of extend some of your words when you're singing that. Like, you don't rush your lyrics when you're singing in this. Does that make sense? Yeah, this song lyrically is something that I'm, like, very proud of. Um, it was very heavily influenced by uh, bands like Bright Eyes and Manchester. Mm. And, like, um, just their they're poets, like Connor Oberst and Andy Hall, I believe, are, are poets. Totally. And Bob Dylan's of our generation. So I just, like, I want to put emphasis. I'm very proud of the lyrics in this song. So I try and put a little bit more emphasis on it. I haven't seen you play live in person. Who's on stage with you? How many people? How does it work? Um, it's me and three other dudes. Okay. Um, normally it's my friend Michael O'Grady on guitar, Nick DiOrio on bass, and Anthony Nino Salazar on drums. Um, but the last couple of shows, uh, we've had Ryan Rice with us as a drummer because Nino is on tour with Teenage Wrist, which is the other band that he's in. But yeah, they're all really, really great guys, and they're all like at least like eight to ten years older than me, and they've been doing this for a long time. So they're kind of like big brothers in that way, and they kind of they're like, "This is what you're gonna do, and this is how you're gonna do it, and don't worry, we got you." Like if you get freaked out on stage, just look over at Aww. us, and we'll, you know. And it happens all the time. I'll like freak out, and I'll look at like my bassist, and I'll be like, "Dude, <laughs> you know, it's it's really cute. We've got a little family thing going on." And that's what you want in a friend and bandmates actually all I've ever wanted I, I remember many times on on the tour uh, opening for Patrick Droney I'd like look around and we'd all be like I don't know listening to like Gideon or Meg Sugar and like death metal bands and being like and like laughing and telling stupid jokes that don't make any sense and me just being like oh this is family and, and, and community and this is everything I've always wanted how did you find your music when you were a kid was it the radio did you have tapes CDs 
vinyl in your house? Um, mostly CDs and like little iPods and things like that. Yeah, I was I was exposed to so much music as a kid. Uh, my brothers and I grew up listening to you know Sinatra stuff mm. and you know classic R and B and soul, classical music like Tchaikovsky and Debussy and and Mozart and things like that, and um, really everything like uh, old school rap. You know, I grew up listening to Dre and Snoop. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then I kind of just started discovering my own music that I like held as my own, like. 80s heavy metal and things like that. When 80s I was, heavy metal. Oh yeah, I've got like wait who? I've got like a couple Motley Crue tattoos. Are you serious? I've seen them a few times. Okay, that's fantastic. Yeah, they were one of my first. I saw them and play when I was 16 in like Salt Lake City with Alice Cooper, which was awesome. I saw them play when I was oh, like wow. 15 with Kiss. Oh my god! Um, I, actually, that's how I discovered the, the Struts. Because they were opening they for opened, one of those yeah, bands. It was, it was New Year's Eve night, Staples Center. It was Motley's final show as a band because um, they had never done the breakup reunion tour thing yet, and uh, they had the Struts open for them. And I was just like, "Are these guys like just blown away by Luke's performance and and talent?" And then we became friends not that long after. Give the Struts some more love here. I remember seeing them play live years ago, and at that time, I don't know what my headspace was. But I was thinking, I need someone on stage that doesn't look like me or act like me and is like a super duper rock star. I'm like, oh, there's there the struts. There they are. They're right in front of me. Mm -hmm. Wow. Yeah, they're they're fantastic. Yeah, I started discovering like stuff that I liked, like 90s grunge and, mm. and 80s heavy metal and, you know, classic 60s and 70s soft rock, James Taylor, Simon and Garfunkel, things like that when I was. Amazing songwriters. Yeah. So I was probably like junior high and that was the you know, internet, YouTube, right. Spotify was a thing back then. And What would be, or what is success for you? Uh, in what way? Professionally. Professionally. So are we talking fashion? Are we talking music? Let's, are we talking let's, let's go with the music aspect of it. Music, to me, success musically is, I've kind of already done it. Like I've, I've had sit downs with fans where I've like gone out to Paris and like I played a show and a lot of them like sang the lyrics back to me which was oh. very nice and it's so flattering and I'm like I want to cry that's amazing that's something that all musicians like low-key like but um the real joy and success was like actually meeting with some of them personally oh. and like having actual conversations like not just hey how are you I'm good how are you nice to meet you like we really like got into it and some of them are remind me a lot of myself when I was 16 17 18 years old and the way Radiohead has made me feel when I was like down in the dumps and like not doing too hot. A lot of these people that I've met, like they've kind of described my music doing that for them. Oh. That's success to me. And also like being able to meet some of my heroes and then be like, oh yeah, we see you as an artist. Um, I'm sorry you've been in some places mentally that were so terrible, but at the same time, the music like Radiohead sounds like really, really helped you. Mm -hmm. Is there an album? Is it the Benz? Is it OK oh, it's Computer? The oh, it's the Benz. The Benz. Yeah. Okay. Here thousand we go. percent the Benz. Here we go first. Thousand percent. Here we go. Here we go. OK Computer is a close second. Oh, it is. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Is there? Is it front to start, or is there a song that you just hit on repeat that makes you feel? Most of them I hit on repeat. Most of them, but I mean, I've got lyrics from Black Star and Nice Dream tattooed on oh, me. Oh, you do. Um, okay. Bulletproof. I wish I was. Is a Big one for me as well. And then, of course, like the classics that did super well, like Fake Plastic Trees and High and Dry. Fantastic. Right. But, right. Um, yeah. yeah, I mean, my, my song Adagio, move on to OK Computer, Adagio that I did with Manchester Orchestra is like if you play it right after playing um, Exit Music for a film, you're like, oh, I see what they did there. It's very, very similar 
Have you had any meetings, texts, anything with any of the dudes? Like, if you go to your Twitter, there's two of the guys mentioned I'm on your Twitter. You to are. Do that. Yeah. I'm scared to do that. Well, guess who's coming through the door? No, I'm scared. Oh, my God. That's not funny. <laughs> I had to take a Pepto before I walked in here. You can't, you can't mess around like that. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm too scared to, to meet them. Uh, I'm a massive, like, Tom York fan, and, like, I talk about him on my social media all the time, but I'm, I'm too scared to, you know. I kind of, like, part of me, like, doesn't want him to know that I exist or, like, to hear my mm. music because if he ever were to say something negative about it, I'm like, well, I quit. <laughs> right. You know, so. Oh. Well, hopefully, if he did hear it, he wouldn't say anything bad about it. And even if he did, you can't, hopefully you wouldn't let that knock you too far down He's emotionally. Like, he really is one of my biggest influences. You can't, if you're familiar with Tom York's solo stuff, yes. or like Adams for Peace yeah. or like anything, and also the stuff with Radiohead, you, if you're familiar with it, you cannot hear it in my music. It's so like in your face, you know? Who first told you about Radiohead? Who said, hey, Paris, listen, listen to this. Um, I think one of my favorite parts about it was I, I mainly discovered them on my own. Like I had known the big hits that play on the radio and things like the high and dry, Karma Police, Creep. But like I only had like a few friends mention it in passing um, all in one week, like friends that didn't know each other. And I'm like, OK, I'm, I'm, I'm going to actually <laughs> like dive in. And I dove in to their discography like on my own. And that was like a that's kind of special. Um, being able to find a band on your own, right. not have like, you know, a cute boy that you like show. Like Motley Crue was shown to me by like my first love in junior high. So that that's not really my band. Radiohead is. So have you gone on a date with anybody and it's going well and you say to the person, hey, let's check out this Radiohead? Um, that's usually one of the first questions I ask anybody, you know, romantic interest, friend, whatever. Yeah. Um, even like a couple, cause I got a cousin into, uh, I was hanging out with one of my cousins last week or week and a half ago. And I got her into, I made her, we were driving my car, going to visit our other cousin. And I was like, close your eyes and lean the seat back. And I played at exit music for a film. And then <sighs> I got home after dropping her off. She, I was like, text me when you get home. And then she does, and then she texts me. She's like, hey, send me that Radiohead song. And I'm like, oh, yes, there it is. I did it. It feels good. Yes. I mean, nothing feels better when you give a recommendation, whether it's music or movies or something, or maybe like, hey, go to this location on a vacation. And they're like, hey, it was one of the best things I've ever experienced. Yep. The validation is amazing. Do you feel like that you have to not work harder than other people, but have a different kind of pressure to prove yourself to... Anyone coming to see your show or listening to the very listening for the very first time? Because there's someone watching this who's like, whoa, Paris Jackson has music. I want to go check it out. Do you feel like it's a different sort of pressure or you don't even worry about that stuff? Um, it depends on the day. Really? It depends on the day. Yeah. Some days I, I really couldn't care less because I'm doing it because it makes me happy. I, I don't see music as a job. You know, that's not like my occupation. Like on paper, my occupation is like fashion model. Yes. Um, music is like, I believe who I am. So I really am like just doing it because I love it. Um, not necessarily for golden statues or, you know, setting records and things like right, that. Um, right. It'd be cool, but that's not like the, the mango. Yeah. And then other days I get like super in my head about it. 
But Lighthouse, I'm telling you, I can't wait for people to listen to Light. I mean, it's been out there for a minute, but all the songs that are going to come with it. Is there a plan as we sit here today of an official, hey, we're going to play some clubs around the U.S.? I think I saw something in New York you may be doing. Yeah, I'm playing the, the Mercury Lounge oh, nice. in like a week. After I want to go that, on tour. You do? I want to, yeah. I've told my managers, I've told my label, I've told my booking agent. I'm like, guys, get me on another tour, please. Like, there's just, I love it. Okay, let's yeah. throw it out to the universe. I've well, been throwing it okay. out to the universe. Well, yeah. you could go play clubs, like, you know, decent-sized clubs all around. Or is there a band you would like to be on tour with and open for? Manchester. Manchester, okay. they know that. Right, they know okay. That. And they're like, uh, <laughs> you know, I just, I got to put my hours in. You know what I mean? Right. But they're very supportive. They uh, they had me open their festival back in November because um, they did like a five-band festival that they do. It's like a fundraiser thing, the stuffing in, in Georgia every November. And uh, last year they asked me to play it. So it's a good start. But I need to put my hours in before I'm opening up for a band like that. So you got Butch Walker. The vibe is happening. Um, are there other musicians or producers that you hear their work or see how they conduct themselves that gets you excited that you would maybe want to do something with? Yeah, I mean, Bright Eyes, Connor Oberst, Margo and the Nuclear So-and-Sos. I'm not sure if they're still making music, but I, I love them to death. Cage the Elephant's pretty cool. Oh, nice. Um, Dave Grohl, who doesn't love Dave Grohl? Though? Right. You know, uh, he's like the most likable man on earth. Absolutely. Um, yeah, I mean, I have, a, I have a long list. So you've mentioned the acting and you've mentioned fashion. Obviously, I, I'm so stoked about the music, but when it comes to fashion, like, is it just you're going to continue to model? Are you designing clothes like I, that? I'm not even I don't know too much about that with you. Yeah. Keep keep modeling. Keep doing the, the you know, hopefully the more runway and, and editorials and campaigns and things like that. Um, I think it's a little soon for me to be designing, but it's something that I, I have interest in. So everything in the creative umbrella, you just you're totally attacking. Yeah, yeah. Well, the left side of my brain is is relatively non-functioning, so I really have to make the right side count. You know. You met my dog a few minutes ago, and I saw uh, you post about your animals. Like, you have a cat and a dog. How old's the cat? Somewhere between ten and fifteen. Wow, that's what they tell me. And then I saw a picture of one of your animals that had a sweater on. Was that the dog? That's, that's the cat. Okay, yeah. that's the cat that's, has a little sweater on. That's Frodo. Okay, yeah, he got a really bad haircut. So. <laughs> I don't want to be cold. I keep my home pretty cold, so I got him a sweater. Paris, people were making fun of me because my dog was very old. I push him or I walk him for like 50 yards, and then he's had enough, but he enjoys being outside, so I put him in a stroller like a human. I don't have kids or anything. It's very L.A. of you. And I walk. Oh, I don't want you to say There's it's very wrong L.A. With There's that. not. There's nothing wrong with it. The little guy wants to see. My cat wears a sweater. <laughs> you're fine, man. Like, okay, so everyone making fun of me for pushing the little guy around in the stroller, I should just say it doesn't matter. It doesn't. What other people think about you is none of your business anyways. Okay. That's what I try and remind myself of. Are you streaming any TV shows right now? Are you watching any movies? Do you like stream? I don't watch TV that much. Okay. If I am going to watch TV, it's either on a plane because there's nothing else to do. <laughs> right. Or... Um, I'll watch like horror movies with like my best friend uh, here and there, but I have yet to find a horror movie that I actually really, really enjoy. Are you serious? Yeah. I mean, it's been a while since I found one that I really like. I love all the Blumhouse um, projects. Like I love the sinister films and insidious and the conjuring yeah. um, yes. films, but like, I don't know the last like several 
horror movies that I watched, I'm just, it doesn't scare me or it's just kind of boring. Like right. I didn't really love the it films. I like getting scared. So if it doesn't scare me, then it's kind of, I don't know. I like gore though. You do. Uh, it had some really good gore and I, I appreciate the special effects a lot. Hostel's one of my favorite films. So anything in that oh, realm, it's, I'm oh like, God, it's, uh, yeah, so I'll, I'll watch some horror movies just for the gore. And then I watch other ones just to get scared. So if if I could find the perfect one that's got both, yes. then like if I'm ever at a movie theater and you're there, I'm the guy at a scary movie that goes like this. I can't. I get so scared, Paris. I scare all of my friends. You do? Yeah. How do you Most scare of them? them? Well, I'll just like hide around. Like, <laughs> I scared my old roommate all the time. I'd like got masks. I got like little critters, like a remote control rat. You know, like I, I just like messing with people. Um, and they try and do it back, but the only person that's ever really been able to properly scare me yes. is my brother. All of my other friends have tried to like hide. Which and, like, brother, Prince? Me. Prince, yeah. What, is, what did he do I to scare know. you? Well, we were kind of raised like twins. Okay. Like we're so close in age and we grew up like with the same teacher, like going through each grade, like being like just treated like twins. So I think we have a little bit of telepathy there. And for some reason, he just always know knows when the right time is to scare me. He's the only person that can do it. It's like my best friends have tried, other family members have tried. They just they can't. I don't really react. So it's a challenge for me in our next ten minutes hanging out to somehow really frighten you. I don't think I don't Give think I shot. could do it. No, I don't. I don't think I could do it. A couple more things, and we'll get you out of here. When you were at the Tony Awards on stage with your brother, mm -hmm. who, by the way, how eloquent is your brother? Uh, my yeah. God. Yeah, I'm pretty, pretty amazed at um, all three of my brothers. They're they're really, really remarkable young men. I've met some people who, like, their brothers are kind of like pricks. And I'm just like, how did I get so lucky? You know, these these young men that are just big hearts, very well-spoken, and, and very smart. Um, yeah, right. I always love sharing the stage with my brother, too, because he's, like, a lot better at public speaking than me. Oh. So, you know, he kind of just, like... You do your thing. I'll just stand here and support you and smile and wave, you know? It was a good yin-yang on stage, though. You Actually, can't have two people exactly. What's that? We have yin and yang tattoos. Do you that's really? Our matching Are tattoos. you serious? Yeah, he's the yin to my yang. And oh, wow. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah, we really balance each other out. Um, do you ever play your music for him? Does he give you like, hey, I like it? Does he give? Uh, He's one of my biggest supporters. He actually likes it. Like, he actually likes my music, and he would tell me if he didn't, so I can trust him. And um, some some of my songs he told me has like gotten stuck in his head. He's just like, you should drop it, so I can like add it to my playlists. Um, yeah, and my my little brother too. I I wrote a song for him like last year, and I sent it to him like a couple weeks ago. Is that the song that's been released or no? No. I don't know if I'll ever put it out. It's okay. kind of just for him. And he liked it? I think so. That has to be, that has to feel so good to be on the receiving end if this particular song is about you. Mm -hmm. I hope he really appreciates that. Unless the song sucks, then it's like, <laughs> I've had some songs written about me where I'm just like, no. <laughs> Oh, yeah, because I, I, I'm very bad at lying, so I just try not to. Yeah. So I just I've learned how to tell people that I'm not a fan of their music without being mean. Like, it's just, you know, it's kind of like you go to a restaurant and there's yeah. there's like a really, you know, well cooked meal. You just don't necessarily like the taste of it. That doesn't mean that it's like, oh, screw the chef. It's just like I, I respect you and I respect all the work you put into it. It just doesn't hit my taste buds quite right. So I've learned how to kind of. <laughs> Yeah, it's not really like the genre I listen to, but you know. But songs it. being written about you—that means you had to have some sort of 
emotional slash positive impact on the person writing. Or the opposite. Or the, op- <laughs> or the opposite. <laughs> the negative impact. Oh, I my mean, God. Yeah, probably a little bit of both. Wow. When you are on stage at the Tonys and you're with your brother, you know, you're worrying about your present. Not you. One would worry about, oh, I got to present myself. I have to be in the outfit. I have this. I have, to, I have lines I have to give. I'm with my brother. I have to stand straight and all that stuff. But at the same time, your dad is on your mind. So, like, how difficult is that to go out and do that? That's got, I, I would mean, think. specifically at the Tonys? Yeah. I honestly, all I was thinking about was like making sure I didn't stumble on the teleprompter. Hmm. Usually, like, when I'm in a, a, a work mode and I'm trying to be professional, that's kind of all I'm focused on is like doing the job right and, um, you know, playing my part. Well, listen, I, this is the first time we met. I know you from the music, specifically the song. I went back and listened to your album from 2020. And I'm so pumped for all the music that you're going to put out. Like, I'm an instant fan. Thank you. Yeah. So thanks for coming by my house. Thanks for coming over and hanging with me. Thanks for having me. Of course. I appreciate it. I appreciate you. All right. That is Paris Jackson. Please go investigate all of her music. And when she does a show with her band, go see him play. For Paris, I'm Stryker. It's been Tune on Toast. Happy snuggles. Bye-bye. That's another episode of Stryker's Tuna on Toast promise it'll get better most likely for sure (laughs) maybe